You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Stephanie is a writer and a creative coach based in Auckland, New Zealand, who released her first self-published collection of poetry titled Once Were Wounds in January 2021. After moving through the different facets of her own creative process, she realized what a deeply transformative and healing journey it was connecting with and embodying her own unique creative energy. And through this experience and true passion for the power of the creative process, she designed and launched her signature coaching series, Creative Power, in June 2022. Thank you so much for being here, Steph, and welcome. So... Excited to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited to be here as well. Thank you. And we were just chatting about the time difference between like Perth and New Zealand and it's like 10 a.m. for me. And what time is it for you again? It's two o'clock. Yes, two (laughs) o'clock. Feels so surreal, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, interesting way the world works. So I would love to know a little bit about... I'm really, really interested in like healing through art and not just art like painting, but poetry, um, yeah, any kind of creative processes. Actually, in my social work degree, we got to do a couple of options. And one of the options that I um, studied was called arts in therapy. And we kind of played around a little bit with poetry and, and it was really I was quite young then and I didn't realize that that was even an option, you know, that you could use poetry as therapy. Um, but so I'd love to know a little bit more about you and um, what your journey was like discovering poetry and like the healing power of writing for you. Mm, yes. So my journey with poetry didn't actually begin with love at first sight (laughs) I you know I think we all study poetry through school and college and I never really felt a connection to poetry during that time and I think looking back it all depends on with poetry and connection I think who you're reading you know the work um, and the stories and the emotions within the poetry are all meant designed sort of for that connection that emotional connection Mm. and I never felt that with the poets that I studied in school which is not surprising because they were all older men you know from like 50 years ago talking about experiences I had never been through so it wasn't until I was in university and I came across a poet called Lang Leave on Facebook Mm -hmm. and I just was deeply enchanted and entranced by her words and there was a sense of wonder you know the romance the loss as well that she described and it was during this time that I was sort of exploring my heart and 
forming connections with other people and mm. and discovering sort of like love and lust for the first time so I was really connecting with her words mm. and I sort of started writing pieces that were just a, a form of reflection so a way to see and explore my emotions and what I was feeling and I remember trying to mirror the poetry of Lang or of other people that I was reading and it wasn't quite working and I might talk a little bit about this further but discovering your style and actually that that process of tuning inwards and then feeling your intuition and the way that you want to express was then the journey after that yes yeah. <laughs> ah I love it I when I think back to like my that time in my life when I was like dating and getting my heart broken and learning all of those things like I feel like poetry you know and just generally journaling as well would have been so supportive but I had not discovered either of those things back then so I think it's beautiful that you discovered it at that that stage of your life yeah, I was really lucky. I wasn't looking for it or anything. It just came up on my Facebook feed and yeah, I dived into that world very quickly. Mm. And how did you go about like when when you created Once Were Wounds, how did you go about writing that book? And do you mind sharing a little bit maybe about what was going on in your life as you were writing any of those poems? Yeah, of course. So once My Wounds was a four-year journey towards completion. So it wasn't so much the writing took four years. The writing didn't actually take that long at all. It was more so the formation of the book itself within me. And so it was during my last year of university when I started diving into poetry and, and writing as that form of like reflection and exploration that I really had the vision to create a poetry collection. And I didn't quite know at the time what it was gonna be about or what it was gonna look like. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. So I started creating Pinterest boards and just you know, finding images and songs and really like filling my world with this energy of once were wounds. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of going through a toxic relationship at the time and feeling very lonely and also a lack of closure with the situation mm. that the poetry really started to take on a momentum mm. because I needed it I needed it to help me move through what I was going through when I didn't feel safe enough to share that with other people mm. and I think that's a huge thing that poetry and creativity in general provides is that safe space to share yourself knowing that you know you don't actually have to share that with anybody else this is just for you as a space to yeah find compassion and love for yourself mm -hmm. so that's initially where it started and then I was experiencing depression and anxiety as well so those are some of the themes that I started to explore through the book a little bit of darkness and sadness but that also fueled my passion for it mm -hmm. um, like that going into the depths of your own shadows and trying to understand what was being shown to you or what 
you needed to learn and heal through, through those emotions. And then my little notebook traveled with me over to London where I lived for a year. And I traveled and again had experiences with heartbreak, meeting beautiful people and having beautiful connections and experiences and then mm. sort of the catastrophe and, <laughs> um, and all of that and the loss of um, friendships and things. So yeah, there's so much compiled into the book and there are a few different relationships that I've expressed in the poetry as well. It's not just one person. Mm. Um, and then when I came home, I decided that it was time to put it all together and I did. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing because what, as you were talking, what I was thinking is like, how beautiful is it to have this body of work that wasn't like, you know, rushed or creative, created really intensively, like to, that it actually kind of almost mirrors your growth as a human and like, yeah, has gone through multiple different relationships, different stages of life, different locations. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I do as well. It's, yeah, really special. Yeah, and it's quite different to, I mean, obviously poetry and writing a book are quite different as well, but you often hear like, I've never written anything. I don't know if that's like a goal of mine or not. I don't know if I've got the discipline to write a book. <laughs> but um, I think that uh, you always hear like people when they're writing books, most of the time it's like this really short, short pressured, like I'm going to write this book, I've got to smash it out, like, you know, and and it, yeah, I just have a sense that you did things quite creative, uh, quite differently. Uh, and I was wondering, like, are you happy to share a little bit about your creative process as a writer and and how you let you let yourself write without that all that pressure? Yeah, interesting. That is definitely something that I'm curious about mm. observing, especially as I move on to like writing different things now. Yeah. Um, for this book in particular, the title came to me straight away. So mm -hmm. the title always existed and I sort of knew the themes and the energy and the tone. So it, it started with the feeling mm -hmm. of what I was going to create and the intention behind it. And then the poems were all written individually and they came from experiences. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to embody certain emotions and take the reader on a certain journey within each piece itself. And then the titles came once the poem was formed. And then putting it all together as a collection was actually the trickiest part. Mm. And I kept having to, your mind wants to jump ahead to know how is this all going to come together like how and my brain really does that all the time really wanting to know clearly certainty what is it going to be <laughs> and so I kept having to bring myself back to the writing itself like the doing mm -hmm. and I've noticed as well like that balance between masculine and feminine energy so being in the feminine when I'm creating yeah and being really soft and gentle and allowing and then obviously the masculine was more like, okay, I have to do this amount of poems this month so that I can reach my goal in a certain yeah. amount of time. Yeah, so it was very much a balancing act between those two. Um, but by the point where I was in the action stage and, and setting up, you know, my timeline, 
I was already very in the energy of the book. So the book was very much in me. Yeah. And I developed, you know, you develop a relationship with it and a connection where you trust that the book is going to reveal itself to you when the time is right. Mm. And so, yeah, it was definitely a process of like, okay, keep coming back to trust, keep coming back to trust. And then when you get to the point of putting it all together, it does reveal itself to you. Um, yeah, and I decided to structure the book in a way where the titles actually aren't in the book. It all flows sort of as one body. Yeah. Read separately as well. Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I'm really curious because this uh, in Permission Granted, we've had quite a few artists and writers, and we I feel like every year we have a similar conversation around like how do you give yourself permission to write or to paint or create or to create if it's not necessarily tied to like a financial or product productive kind of um, outcome. Like I feel like as women we're so conditioned that we're only allowed to spend time like either caring for children, caring for others, giving to others or working and earning money. And often women come to me and they're like, I don't know if I want to turn this into a business or if I want to be published, like maybe in the future, but for now I just want to do it for the joy of it. But I I feel like there's so many mindset barriers to that. So I'm really curious if you ever experienced that in your own writing journey, maybe before you realized that you were going to publish a book or, um, and, and how do you kind of give yourself permission to write or create just for the joy of it? Mm, That's such a beautiful question and so important. And definitely, yes, I had these mindset blocks as well quite early on. And I think that's all a part of that creative process is navigating Mm -hmm. those blocks and limitations that do come up and such a huge thing is for me was priorities so I am very lucky in the sense that it's just me I don't have a family yet I don't have a house to look after I have minimal responsibilities but I was working in a full-time job and especially over in London I was my time and energy was very Mm. um I won't say demanding but my job was demanding and so I found that I was not prioritizing my creativity because I put everything else above it yeah yeah so it was really a journey of coming home to my why like why is this important to me Mm. and sometimes it's not even like a choice it's more so I found it was a calling something I had to do um yeah so navigating that can be really tricky and it does take some time because we like to and I'm sure you know this as humans we like to um yeah have a reason we like to have that external permission to invest in these things um but that definitely does have to come from within Mm. yeah I especially found with mums but I'm sure it's um equally challenging for anyone who's not a mama but like often women have other caring roles and just a sense of responsibility for other people. But it was almost like, who am I to justify? Who am I to give myself an hour to write on the weekends when I could be earning money or I could be spending time with other people or, you know, and it's a real, it's like really like breaking free of all that conditioning, isn't it? That, hey, like I'm allowed to do something 
without it being like not everything needs to be productive I can just do it for the joy of it like and how I feel when I write or when I paint yes and that's such a huge thing isn't it like that need to be productive as women and achieve something and have something to show for our days yeah um yeah so yeah the other side of creativity and and being present with our creative energy is releasing that need to achieve and simply be present in as you said the joyfulness being Mm -hmm. really curious okay what you know what's going to come up for me here or what am I going to discover and sort of embracing like that inner child because the inner child does still need to feel free in that way to to express themselves and to express yourself as the adult as well yes and I was thinking about on your journey it sounds like there were lots of relationship changes and traveling and lots of grief and loss and processing and I wonder like if you hadn't been writing would you have processed as much of that you know Mm. it's so easy after you know the cliche after a breakup I remember like one of my breakups when I was like 18 like just eating like a tub of ice cream and watching a movie which right you need that of course as well and that's fun Mm -hmm. um and time with your friends can be really healing too but I I wonder if there was something about your intentional writing practice that did really help you heal through those different like challenges in your life Mm. Yeah, there was. And I still love eating ice cream and (laughs) watching a movie as well. And definitely spending time with friends is so Mm -hmm. nourishing. Um, Yeah, it just went a little bit beyond that for me. And I am, I have always been a very deep and sensitive person. And I didn't feel maybe ready or open enough to share that depth Mm -hmm. with friends in a way that I was looking for understanding. Yeah, And I felt like I writing and poetry was the only place where I could convey that. Mm. Mm. Oh, I can relate. I'm a highly sensitive person. I didn't really even know that that was a thing or what that was in my 20s, but I can relate to like wanting people to understand me, but actually like when you feel things so deeply, like, yeah, it, it's just really hard for other people to get that sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you can you can feel like frustrated and and kind of quite lonely, can't you? Definitely so, loneliness, yeah. Yeah. So writing is like was your way of feeling like seen and heard, like you were really witnessing yourself through the writing process. Yeah, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. That's mm. really how I felt. And yeah, just healing those those parts of me that nobody else could. Yeah. Only I could. Mm. yeah so just a curious question I don't even know if you'll know the answer but like if you hadn't decided to write a book um and you know to to make your writing become your business would you still have kept writing yes (laughs) that's what I thought you were going to say but I was just curious because yeah I think it's again permission that you can do it whether it's going to become your income or not like yeah definitely and when I you know first published the book I said that it wasn't about making money it Mm. was simply about putting my work out in the world yeah and doing that for myself Mm. yeah and in the hopes that it would reach other women and give them comfort as well yeah love that and do you promote the book much like do you when you promote the book um do you share with people like the stories behind it so that they might 
I was just thinking for, you know, women who are going through that stage of life where there is lots of changes, possibly lots of relationship breakups, it could be like such a beautiful book. Do you like let people know that that's what the book's about? I'm very vague with (laughs) the description (laughs) of the poetry and I did that intentionally. I, I share the themes, you know, sensuality, femininity, loneliness, longing, yeah. But I also really want people to be able to pick up the book and interpret it in the way that they need to. Yes. And I think that everyone will take something different from it and yeah. you'll always find what you need. Mm. Yeah. It's funny because you know how you said you couldn't, you didn't really like poetry in high school because uh, I love poetry. Like I used to write po- poems when I was a kid and I loved writing and stuff, but um, I actually really liked this poet um but he was like what you said he you know they were men and it was I don't even know what century it was like when I think about it I'm like I probably love this poem not like because I interpreted it completely how I wanted to interpret it and I remember even doing like an art piece about this poet poem but like it probably means something completely different to what I thought it meant in my head you know but that's kind of what's beautiful about poetry too isn't it that it's not I remember when we did English literature that we'd often like have to analyze a poem but there's really no right or wrong way is there to make meaning of a poem no that's so true (laughs) yeah Um, yeah thinking about my teenage self going oh yeah you love that poem but I wonder what he really was writing about probably something that you couldn't relate to you know yeah I think that's the mystery in it and that's the magic you know you can interpret it as you as you need to and based on your own experiences yeah and it's interesting that you bring up the analysis because I remember that you know deconstructing and analyzing poetry almost is yeah really like a surgery that I just don't think is necessary you know yeah um yeah there's I don't know it's it's a great thing to be able to do but I think what put me off was that thinking that it needed to be interpreted as you said in a certain way and that at school there was a right and wrong and um that it needed to be set in a certain structure whereas I don't Mm -hmm. believe in that I just write in the flow that I I feel (laughs) I love it. I feel like this conversation is very permission giving um, for anyone who like identifies as an artist or a creative or a writer, or even just has like so many women in permission granted come to me with like this secret desire that they have never really shared. And um, I'm curious, like, did you ever have any negative experiences in schooling, in university that almost like put you off being a creative because like I loved art um but in year 12 I decided to go and do like ATAR art which is like the um I don't know what it'd be in New Zealand like um like a scholarship or it it was basically to get into university so it was like Mm -hmm. a more serious subject like I was doing kind of the more like um fun non- non um, assessed kind of art in year 11 and I was loving it so much I decided to move up to the ATO one which was a big mistake (laughs) because it was a lot of work but my teacher was so critical so I was doing textiles and she wasn't a textile artist so she would like give me these really low marks like I remember I'd get like 56 percent and she'd be like oh the composition of the dress is wrong and I'd be like but you know that's someone's arm there it's not a painting like um 
anyway, she'd always mark me and be very critical of my work. And then I'd work really hard, make all the changes that she suggested. And then I'd get the same mark, like 56% or whatever, just passing. And she'd say, oh, I'm marking at a higher standard this time. <laughs> anyway, by the end of year 12, I was like, I hate art and I'm really shit at art. Like, because I just had all these negative messages. Um, and yeah, that art teacher, <laughs> I always think it's funny. Like there's a few, you have a few teachers in your life where you think maybe, you know, you could have done things a bit differently. But anyway, then I went and studied social work and um, I did this arts and counselling unit and they said something so permission giving to me. They said, if you feel good when you make art, if it is um, healing, if it is joyful, then it is art. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. And like my little, like, I think it was 20 then, I was just like, oh my God, like, I, I wish I'd known this in high school. I wish this is how art had been taught to me at high school. But I feel like it took me a long time from that year 12 art experience to kind of be able to just enjoy creating for the fun of it, you know? So mm -hmm. I was just sharing that story because I was curious if you've had any, you know, experiences that where that it maybe challenged your perception of yourself as a writer or a creative or any like you know unhelpful feedback over your life and how you dealt with it mm. thank you for sharing that story and I'm sorry that that teacher was so <laughs> awful to you I think being in that position of power can like they can become so critical of those sorts of things or you know a marking standard and things like that but I love what you said that your teacher shared with you later on um, about how it makes you feel because that's really all that matters in the end is how you feel when you're doing it yeah. um for me personally I, nothing comes to mind I've you know I've battled with self-worth in so yes. many other areas of my life mm -hmm. but my writing has never been one of them um, I've always stood very strong in the fact mm -hmm. or in the knowing that I'm a writer yeah. and I never felt any pressure to go and study writing or creative writing I thought why do I need to study that I'm just mm -hmm. that's what I do I just I don't need to learn it um and I was lucky with my English teachers in school one of them I never particularly liked essay writing again because of the structure and and yeah. the need to tick boxes but I used to put in you know little words here and there that were a bit more poetic than um they liked <laughs> yeah. and I luckily had a teacher that loved that um yeah. yeah so that encouraged me to do that even though in the exams with a different marker they didn't like that but I, I didn't really care you know it's it's the one area of my life where I've always felt confident and comfortable to explore and do it without letting other people's critiques affect it I love that. What you said was so powerful about like you've struggled with self-worth, you know, and I think, um, you know, nearly probably everyone listening to this podcast has at some point. I believe every human has at some point, but, you know, some people sometimes we're not aware of it. But yeah, I love that self-worth has always been really solid for you within your writing. I think that is just like so beautiful. But also this is really interesting that you never studied uh, and so you never had that critiquing because I also remember supporting a one of my clients um, through like they were studying art at university 
and the critiquing process at university. I do understand why, of course, you know, that we need to critique art so that we learn and we reflect and, you know, but I think if you're a sensitive person, um, which, hey, a lot of creatives and artists are, you know, having someone, you know, for spending four years having your art critiqued can be quite soul destroying. And mm. I remember this young man, like really like, yeah, his mental health was really negatively impacted and his love of his art and his confidence of his art. And it was actually like, um, yeah, moving away from the university system and just doing art on his own terms was so healing for him as well. So I am like curious if maybe, you know, part of what's made you so sure of your writing is like your decision that, hey, I don't need to go to uni and like have all my writing critiqued. Yeah, I think so. I I did go to university. I did a degree in television and screen production and media yeah. things. Um, but yeah, I never thought oh, I need to go to university and learn how to write properly. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously you didn't. I, I just really want to celebrate that. And <laughs> I hope anyone listening who, you know, is thinking I need to go and do another course or study something, you know, before I can do something like I think you're a really beautiful example of how like sometimes we just already know and we already have like the the skills within us to do it so yeah wow that is beautiful so before we finish do you feel up to write to reading out like a little bit of a poem maybe and sharing us a bit of a backstory yeah sure I pre-picked one (laughs) So would you like me to read it first and then explain or explain first? (laughs) Oh, that's a hard one. What do you feel comes more naturally to you? Maybe I'll read it first and then talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) So this one is called Brandy Apples. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that name. (laughs) Twilight is prickly, pungent with toffee and caramel creases. Naked branches of a winter's spiked reach, crooked cracks fragment the lush lemon light, spidery veins meld with awkward orange brick, and I, a brash brandy apple dusk, am speckled with cinnamon twang. Eeriness is your absence, memory licking madness, or the flavor of you melts across the dimming day. Pure puffs part me further from you, fading away, away. Tangled spikes pierce my potent sorrow. From silent prayers, wisdom crowns, scattering soft stars into indigo abyss. Finally, the cool comfort of night comes to swallow me whole in the memory. So that was Brandy Apples. <laughs> yeah, oh, beautiful. And so what's the story behind that? Like what was going on in your life when you wrote that? Yeah, so that was uh, Autumn in London. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the only poem that ever came to me fully formed. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them came to me in bits and pieces and words here and there. But this one I was walking down the street where I live in Baron or where I lived in Baron's Court mm-hmm. and all of the buildings were like orange and like really Edwardian and then the leaves were falling off the trees so and it was twilight so the shadows were like cast across the sky and there was just so much um like vibrance and potency in that 
and then just walking through the street, sort of feeling that loneliness of missing someone and that the memory comes back to me again and that it's like spread across the sky in this orange and auburn and really prickly and like what but <laughs> yeah so that's sort of the story behind that poem and just that the memory being very fresh and raw as well mm. oh that is beautiful I think because as you were reading it I was like full body feeling it and I like mm-hmm. I lived in London for a couple of years um with my husband Nick and yeah I, yeah it's it's beautiful how you've captured a moment there but you've also like there was some stuff going on in your inner world at the same time and, and isn't that so true? Like most of the time, we're not just focusing on what we can see on our walk. We're often like also processing something at the same time. Yeah. So, so beautiful that you, um, yeah, were able to capture that in the poem. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it's something I like to share with other people, the fact that inspiration is all around them yeah. and that you can, there is that connection and that innate connection between your natural surroundings and your emotions and your experiences. I mean, not all the time, you don't probably don't want to be, that'd be quite intense, but <laughs> you know, when you are moving through things, nature can be such a, like a lullaby for you and mm. um, a way to, to find things that you have been looking for. I love that. Like inspiration is everywhere because how often do we tell ourselves like, oh, I need something big to happen in my life to be able to write about or like, you know, maybe there's not enough like interesting things that have happened to me lately or, you know, so I think that that's really, really powerful. Just like looking at everyday inspiration. Yeah. It's really in the small moments, like in the flowers on your desk or the way the light is in the evening, you know, that's art (laughs) in itself. (laughs) Yeah. I often like um, think about like even holding my daughter's like hand when I'm reading her a book, like the softness of her hand. Like sometimes there's just like very small moments, especially if you're trying to practice a bit of mindfulness that like just stay with you forever. Mm. And yeah, you can see how those can be like art, right? If you can, if you can find a way to capture them. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Uh, this oh I've loved this so much thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with everyone I know that this is going to be like really really supportive and really permission giving to so many of my community who are creative so if people want to follow your work um, and stay in touch like where do you hang out the most online so probably like most people I'm on Instagram the most (laughs) yeah just um under Stephanie Osborne coaching so I share my coaching things on there but also poetry in my books and yeah otherwise my website yes and you can your your book is available people can order it directly from you can't they as well yes yeah <laughs> well thank you have a, a beautiful day and um yeah we'll chat, chat again soon thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful